This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. He'll get you the sports any way that he can. It's Mike Francis on the fan. Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM WFAN. From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Monday, the fourth day of February, a warm day here in New York. Warmer than it probably was all week in Atlanta. Uh, good to be back after uh, a whole lot of time in Atlanta. And this is going to be interesting from a standpoint of I was at the game yesterday, uh, had a very good seat for the game. I have not – I traveled home last night. I got home 3.30 in the morning. After the game, as soon as the game ended, got on the martyr, which took – which is their train system, and got back to the hotel and got the car, then got to the plane. Got home 3.30 in the morning, took my kids to school, and then I've been doing some business stuff. I have not heard anybody's take on the Super Bowl. I did not see one minute of the broadcast. I have not seen anything on television. I have not seen a post script. I have not seen a word from a player, a coach, anybody involved. So what you're going to get is exactly what I saw and what I viewed last night, being in the building and having a very good look at this game. Frankly, first let me say that the stadium was unbelievable. It was actually better than I thought it would be. It is an incredible building, absolutely incredible. They built the smartest, most beautiful, most efficient building I've ever seen. It is an incredible building. It is so smartly built, and I'll tell you things about it later, but really incredibly good building. I mean, it, it, gorgeous and just so well and so smartly built. It's really special. Okay, we know that, that's out of the way. I like defensive games. I've never had a problem with a good defensive game. But this was a terribly played good defensive game. And this was a game where if you're rooting against the Pats, which I was, just to the root for the young Rams, and I don't want to see the Pats win again, so I'm rooting for the Rams. I mean, I'm being objective while I'm doing it, but I'm rooting for the Rams. I'm hoping they win. And I happened to be sitting around a couple of Ram fans. 
And that made the game incredibly frustrating because the headline of this game is how badly their quarterback played. He played, I mean, you in the annals of Super Bowls, in the history of the game, you could ha- name on one hand the quarterbacks who went in there and played as terribly as he played last night. He was atrocious in that game. He missed open receivers. He made bad decisions. I mean, he did so many things wrong, it was unbelievable. Now, give the Pats credit. Number one, their MVP wasn't on the field. Their MVP was Belichick for his defensive game plan. Number two, their second MVP, and I'm glad he got it, was Edelman because it wasn't always that Edelman was badly covered. It also was that Edelman did some wonderful things to get open. And when he did get open, he never dropped the ball, unlike a lot of other people last night. And number three was their punter, who deadened with a couple of the most beautiful backspin puns when they landed you ever saw, deadened the ball and pinned them down on the goal line three different times. I mean, with incredibly – I mean, he hit one that I said, oh, that's in the end zone. He hit it on the two. It went straight up in the air and just stopped. I mean, it was incredible some of the stuff he did last night. So we saw some amazing punting last night, and he was the third MVP in my mind for the Pats. Then you could talk about a a number of their defenders last night. I wouldn't single one out over all the others. They put good pressure on Goff, who did not handle it at all. The only one who shone for the Rams last night I'm not even going to give any of their receivers high marks. I'll tell you why later. I didn't. I, I thought they had a couple of guys play well on defense, but their only guy that I would say kudos to him was Wade Phillips. He had a very good game plan. He has been known to have good game plans in spots like that. He came up with a very good game plan last night. And let's be honest, you go in that game and you have the Pats at 3-3 into the fourth quarter. You're doing a heck of a job. I mean, let's. I mean, that's just an incredible job. He really did. That was really well done. I mean, they were on the field a long time, and then when they pinned them down ten three, they got out of it obviously. And I think the Rams were, I think the Rams were disgusted at that point, and then tired at that point, more than anything else, and you know, at two thirty three, I said this is going to be thirteen three. Uh, with a minute left, so I could I could see it coming. After they broke it back down the field, and they had to use their last timeout, so you knew what was coming. You know, it'd be a minute left, thirteen three, Bing Bing, and that's exactly what happened. But I was very disappointed in McVeigh. I was very disappointed in how he attacked. I was very disappointed in his. Uh, I thought he would come out with a very different look in the second half. He did not. He did try to establish Gurley in the second half. Gurley did not look good to me in warm-ups. I watched him. I didn't think he ran well in warm-ups. So I thought there was something wrong with him. But it wasn't that. They didn't run the ball well last night. I also thought their game plan was terrible. But more than anything else, they did have a couple of plays. And the one time where they had a matchup and they had – a bad matchup on the outside against Reynolds, 
And I said, all right, maybe Goff's going to see this. Belichick ran down the sideline and called timeout. Just to show you, you can't put anything past him. He doesn't even miss one matchup. I mean, it's unbelievable. He is that good. Hey, he's such a smart coach. Now, not to say that the Rams didn't have opportunities. They did. And the one that will haunt the Rams, absolutely haunt the Rams, at 3 nothing. before he takes the sack and they still make the field goal and now it's 3-3, he has, he has Cooks in the end zone, in the middle of the end zone, 1-1,000, 2-1,000. I don't mean open. I mean open by 25 yards, 3-1,000. 4-1,000, 5-1,000. He finally sees him. I mean, there is nobody around him. And then he launches this lollipop, this pop-up, that when by the time it gets down there, he overthrows it and the defender's there to break it up. I mean, it was a stone walk-in touchdown. You could have thrown it. I could have thrown it. The guy in the 15th row could have thrown it. That's how wide open it was. A high school kid could have thrown it. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was a complete breakdown. It wasn't their only breakdown in the second half. It was a complete breakdown, and he never saw it. Never saw it until it was way too late. And then the next play takes a sack, which he's lucky didn't knock him out of field goal range at 3-3. Here's the play that I am going to get on McVay on that drove me absolutely bonkers. They get a first down. They get a good run after that, and they get a holding call. Of course, the penalties went the Pats' way. You know what? Maybe the Pats don't make any mistakes. The one that you'd have to tell me, because it was on the far side for me, and I've never seen a replay, did they hit Goff out of bounds or not? I couldn't tell if that was a good call or bad call. Somebody's going to have to help me out with that. Because I really couldn't tell, and they never replayed it in the stadium which made me think they blew the call because they never gave me a replay in the building. They replayed most plays. They never replayed that hit on the sideline. I thought he was out of bounds before he got hit. Maybe you can tell me whether it was a good call or not call, a bad call. I thought it should have been a, 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 you know, a personal foul. You tell me because that was on the other side of the field for me. And I couldn't tell if his feet were out of bounds or not. I thought they were, but I couldn't tell for sure. So I'm not sure if that was good or bad. They call, I don't, whether they called it a good call on TV monsters and interest me. What I'd like to know is were his feet on the outside, were his feet out of bounds or was he not? That's what I'd like to know. I have not seen a good replay on, I haven't seen anything on TV yet. So I haven't seen the replays yet. And they did not replay it in the building. They did not replay it. So that made me very suspicious when they never replayed it in the building. Anything controversial, they never replayed. The uh, early Helmet to helmet, which looked like a ridiculously bad call against the against the Rams, uh, on what would left the Pats at third and fourteen, looked like a terrible call to me, and they never replayed that either. So if it was anything suspicious, they never replayed it, or anything controversial, they never replayed it in the building, and on on these incredible screens that you could have told anything. I mean, you could have seen anything on them. Third and twenty-two. There is, I believe, I will get you the exact second. I believe there was 10 minutes left in the game. Okay? Third and 22. You are now in a 3-3 game. 
You are in the Super Bowl. You have an offense that was number two in the league. Number two in the league in plays over 20 yards. You're an offensive coach. There is 10 minutes and 30 seconds left in a 3-3 game. 10 minutes and 33 seconds. And you run a give-up handoff and punt the ball back to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? You don't try to get a first down in a 3-3 game in the 10 minutes left in you were second in the league in plays over 20 yards. You had a big-time offense all year. You had open receivers in this game many times downfield. And on third and 22, you give up and run it into the line to punt and give the ball back to Tom Brady, who then proceeds to go boom, boom. And that point, the only thing I have with Wade, Wade in the fourth quarter, you have to make sure that Gronk does not beat you. I don't care if you put three guys on him. Let somebody else beat you. You know he's looking for Gronk in that spot. What did he do? Hit Gronk, hit Edelman, hit Gronk. You know he's doing that. I called one of them because where Gronk lined up. I said, this is going to Gronkowski. People were like, how do you? I said, take my word. Boom, there it went. I couldn't believe it. You can't not take him out of the action there. But before that, you're an offensive wizard. And what you have in the Super Bowl in a tie game on third and 22 on your 31, 10 minutes left with Tom Brady about to get the ball back, is to hand it off a give up into the line of scrimmage and punt it? Gutless. You can't play the Super Bowl that way. Try to win it. What you got was it shoved down your throat after that. What you said is, my terrible quarterback can't make a play. If I try here, he's going to get sacked and fumble it, or he's going to get picked. That's what your, that is what your coach was saying to your quarterback there. Because that's a give up in the Super Bowl with 10 minutes left in a tie game. Try to win the game. If you don't, you know what? Fine. But try. Have some guts. That was a gutless call. A give up down on third and 22 in the Super Bowl in the last 10 minutes of a tie game. And you're going to punt it back to Tom Brady and ask your defense for the 9,000th time to hold him? Awful. I lost a lot of respect for him in that spot. Don't tell me good football. Don't They had held him so many times. What do you expect? Sooner or later, he's going to hit a play. He's Tom Brady and Gronkowski and Edelman. See, Edelman, it's a death by a thousand paper cuts because they're usually only seven or eight, ten yards. They're not down the field. But I was incensed by that. Try to win the game. When they had a rookie or a baby named Brady, he wasn't a rookie, when they had a baby named Brady, did they play that way against the Rams when the Rams were big favorites? Hell no. 
with Brady, what did they do? They made him make a play down the field with 39 seconds left. And John Madden say, don't try anything. Play for overtime on television. What did they do? Made a play. Try to win the game. They never had another chance to win the game. That was it. So before I get to your calls, the MVP, his name was Belichick. Edelman was terrific. I'm glad he won the MVP of the players. The punter was an incredible weapon. Brady was mediocre at best. He's lucky he didn't have two or three picked off. He forced the ball to Hogan all day. I knew he was going to look for Hogan. They singled Hogan, and he couldn't get the ball to Hogan once. A couple times he had Hogan open on some deep cuts, some, some really deep crosses, and he bounced it to him. And Gronkowski, what did he do? He made a play because he's a great player. When, he may, when the game's on the line, Gronkowski makes a play. It's what he always does. He's Gronkowski. He and Edelman are Hall of Famers in my book. Yeah, I'll remember them as Hall of Famers. They deserve it. They're that kind of players. Edelman, to me, that's a Hall of Famer. When the game's on the line, he's there every single play. The Ram defense have nothing to be ashamed of. They tip your hat to them. They did a terrific job. They really did. They played their rear ends off. They're going to hold the Patriots the 13 points. You're going to make them, you know, the Kings of third down go what? I don't know what they wind up last night. Three for 13 on third down or some crazy thing like that, whatever it was. The third down conversions in that game last night, the two teams combined must have been, you know, in the 20s from what I, I mean, I don't, I didn't see the final stats yet, but that's what it must have been. I mean, it was that, it was, it was crazy how many times they just, both women were just leaving the field after another third down and out. So. I didn't look at the – let me see what the stats were here. I got them here. Hold on. Three for 12 and three for 13. So six for 25. 29 – it says six for 25. 25% in the game. One time New England went on fourth down. They threw it, and they didn't make it either. You saw it all uh, – uh, but it wasn't like it was a great, well-played where you said, wow – what a what a show. It was a game where you said, honestly, what a bore. And how many missed up. I, I, I can't tell you. And I'll tell you this, too. Before the terrible pick at 10-3, where he threw the ball slipping off his back foot and threw it straight up in the air, where you knew, you know, it could have been fair caught by the Pats. Before that, Receiver's got to catch the ball. He's got it. He's got the ball in the end zone. He's got to catch it. He's got to catch it. Absolutely he's got to catch it. And then the game's 10-10. But where I, where the Rams are going to be sick is the play where they drove down and he had them wide open in the middle of the end zone. And I mean, there wasn't a pat defender within 10 yards. And it took him... Seven, six or seven seconds to see him and get him the ball. And if he had thrown the ball anywhere, anywhere on time, it's 7-3 Rams, and that would have been fun to watch. 
And maybe the you know maybe Tom would have taken them down the field and won ten seven anyway, and you tip your tap your cap. But that game should have been seven three right there, without any question. This quarterback, I'll tell you how bad he was. I'll tell you how bad he was. He and McVeigh were worse than Maroon 5, and that took some taking because what I'll say about Maroon 5 when I was sitting there watching them is I wish somebody would have marooned them, okay, because they were god-awful. And I've seen plenty of halftime shows. They stunk. They, and everybody around me, including the women around me who were waiting for the halftime show, said, oh, was that terrible. Nobody liked it. Gladys Knight got a big ovation. I know she caused a controversy by doubling up on the Brave. Maybe we can have an investigation because she said Brave twice. And the second one, the account on the first, the account on the second, it changed the, uh, the bet. But the bottom line is with the, over, with the roof open for that second, and Blank told me that during the week he was opening that roof. And he did. He opened it for about 15 minutes and got his flyover. And then they closed it again. It opens and closes in eight minutes. Gladys Knight, big ovation. The girls before them who sang the uh, American Beautiful, big ovation. Maroon 5, keep your shirt on and keep your day job. That, he was, that, was, that was terrible. I mean, that was bad. Really bad. But as bad as they were, Goff was worse. Your calls when we come back.